Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Cine Games Podcast. I'm your host for this week's episode, Jonah Sparks. And with me, as always, are my two co-hosts. We've got Mojo Mason here. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. And I got Nick Carr. It's broken. Yes, we've had uh, some technical issues. We started a recording and then the uh, the computer kind of crapped out on us. So, we had a good little session going there for a second and technical difficulties. But all that aside... Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. We may not have an episode this week. Um, I mean, you won't hear this, but... Yeah. <laughs> if that's the case. Oh, well. We'll drink to that. But anyway, yeah, we're coming back to you after taking another week off. We know we've done that uh, the past few weeks. It's been every other week kind of thing. We just had some holidays and different things come up where we just want to take some time off and just relax a little bit on Sunday and, you know, just spend some quality time with ourselves and family and friends, all that good stuff. But anyway, we're back to you. We're going to be going nonstop here for a while. Don't see anything in the foreseeable future stopping us. Anyway, I kind of want to get into what we've been playing. Um, so just, we'll go around the table. I'm not going to pick a certain person. Just spit out whatever you've been playing. Overwatch, Warzone, Binding of Isaac. Oh, yeah. Uh, played a little bit of Iron Man VR. Okay. Uh, I know we haven't really talked about that between all of us, other than the time we just talked about it about, you know, 25 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, we haven't talked about it. But, I, I mean, it, it's it's a great game. It, it feels freaking amazing playing as Iron Man and the Tony Stark stuff's just, eh. Like it, I mean, it's there. Yeah. It's just cool VR simulation shit. Just filler material. Pretty, pretty to, typical. To I mean, what game. you'd expect out of playing is Tony Stark. Yeah. A uh, lot of, like, moving your hands through holograms and shit. Hmm. Hey, that's all, always a good thing. Uh, me, it's been just a lot of different games. Uh, we mentioned it earlier when, in our other part, but I've been playing a lot of Overwatch by myself and with these guys. Um, which comes as a shock to a lot of people considering a month ago I said I'd never download the game ever again. Uh, but no, I'm having fun. I've found a character in Junkrat that I really like playing, um, and it's definitely getting us a lot of wins, especially where I'm ranked high enough now to where I can actually play with Nick because he's usually always a 1,000 um, SR points ahead of me. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. But now playing, we can actually play with each other. He can play damage like he wants to. I can play damage. And we just run through people the other day. We mentioned it and uh, had a good session. Had about 15 games, only lost one. So, Like, having you playing Junkrat really works for my play style, though. Like, I know Nick's heavy on damage. I'm, I always tend to float in between tank and healer. Uh, I like to play damage every now and then. Obviously, I've played a lot of Reaper here lately. Yeah. And I feel like I've gotten good with Reaper in a way I haven't with any of the other dps characters but, but it it's just you always connect with one character and, it, and everybody has this thing where it's never oh me and him are both that's our favorite character no because there's such a diverse group of heroes in that game where you can identify with anybody yeah and you can take your pick and that's what you got like for me it started out as soldier 76 um and then you know i played a little bit of junk right here every now and then but then it turned into Bastion where I was just mowing down people. I was really doing that just for memes because it was funny. But then, you know, I finally got serious about this, found Junkrat, started playing as him a little bit, and now I'm, I'm getting in the groove of things. I'm having a lot of fun. Never thought I'd say that before. But it's a game now where I really would just want to come home and play it. 
and that's probably what I'm going to do when I get off this uh, get off this recording is go in there and play it. So, but that's where yeah, we're at. Yeah. Um, not much news to get into. We had the Ubisoft Ford event just a few minutes ago. It was a pretty shit show event. Um, only showed a couple games that we already knew about. Uh, spent way too long on certain games. Um, and, I mean, it's that's literally all you can say. It was kind of a letdown all around. Assassin's Creed looks good. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. Uh, Far Cry 6 with, I always forget his name, something Esposito. Giancarlo. G- Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. It, I mean, I fucking love him. He's an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I'm excited to see where that goes. And I'm a little excited for Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, yeah. That, Just for the fact that you can control it. Anybody? Yeah, it looks you, fun. You can take this granny that's in a walker and turn her walker into a fucking machine gun and uh, it, it looks fun. People. Yeah, it's definitely something. I'm, looks better. Honestly, it looks better than the other two for sure. Oh yeah, I, a lot more. Fun. I played all the way through the first one and it was okay. Yeah, I didn't really play much of the second one. You want to talk about most overhyped games of all time? Watch Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like when we when you first saw that trailer for Watch Dogs, you're like. Holy shit, this is going to yeah, be fun. And then it, come, it comes out, and it's just not it's, anywhere near. No, what it, it wasn't what I expected at all. What was the first guy's name? Aiden? Aiden Pierce? Yeah, Aiden something Pierce. like that. It's, it's dumb. Like, but, it, it had a very cut-and-dry revenge story behind it. Like yeah. His niece was killed by somebody, and he was trying to find him. Yeah, and yeah. he's also just not a no, good he, protagonist. He, he had no personality. No personality. That, that was his personality. My niece died. Yeah, the that's, that's, whole character right there. And when you have that, it's just it's just not fun. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're just going to jump right into it. We know we didn't really spend a lot there at the beginning. But we got a pretty lengthy topic here, maybe. It's hard to talk about stuff we literally just talked about. Yeah, it is. I and mean, make it sound candid and not yeah. just... But. It's, it's kind of odd, but you know what? We'll roll with it. Um, but this could get give us a little bit of length here. Um Today we're just going to jump into what we think are the most underrated, underappreciated games and movies of all time. That something that we've really enjoyed, uh, that we can sit down and watch, that we feel like we should recommend to everybody. Definitely go check out. Um, if you've not played or watched any of these, um, just give you broad, just to let you broaden your perspective on certain things, open your mind up to some new ideas. Um, so we got a number of. Them jump into each of us got our own kind of list. So Mojo, I'm gonna start with you. What is your first um, underrated uh, game or movie? I'm just gonna go ahead and jump back into this one because I don't have a very long list, so I'm gonna just uh, tack in the power of Juju. Uh, great animated uh, action platformer. Uh, very interesting characters. Good humor. Great gameplay. And I feel like it just kind of got left behind. And yeah, I'd I'd really like to see some more uh, smaller games like that. That was a Nickelodeon game that wasn't like a freaking uh, SpongeBob or anything like that. It was a game first, yeah. and it was a great fun experience. Mm-hmm. And I'd I'd just like to see that come back to the forefront a little bit. Yeah, I mean it might, but I I mean I highly doubt that's going to happen. Like it's just one of those games that's probably going to get left behind it, in history. It, it, it was definitely a game of its time because back then that's the thing that you would do. I mean, usually you'd have TV shows that would make their own games or we games didn't that would really become... have many action platformer games like that. No, at that time there wasn't a lot. No, there were. were f- I mean, it, there were most, a few. Mostly but... it was Nintendo stuff, though. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you had you had Spyro. Yeah, but that died down in the PS2 era with a bunch of shitty. 
new games from Activision, and then Crash wasn't really that great. Twin Sanity, I mean, that's not on my list, but that's definitely an underrated Crash yeah. game. Um, you know, the action platformer kind of went down there for a minute. And yeah, then, and it's kind of having a resurgence now. Yeah, def- I, I feel like it kind of started back with the Reignited Trilogy, you know, getting that. Well, the Insane then, Trilogy. And the Insane Trilogy, yeah. But still, both of the, I, I just like the Reignited Trilogy now. Oh, yeah. Because it's easier. <laughs> way, way easier. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Um, Once again, sticking with PS2 uh, and a game that starts with a T. Ta- the Tasmanian Tiger, motherfuckers. Okay. I've heard <laughs> that about, on here before. Talking about platform, platformers. Oh, God, what a game. <laughs> that game, I mean, there's definitely a cult following for it, but it did not, like, get the love it deserves because that game is amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a very good platformer, and uh, they did remake it for uh, – it's on PC and Switch right now. It – is coming to PS4 and Xbox sometime, uh, but it's 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 really good. And if you have a PC or a Switch right now, definitely check it out. If you got a PlayStation, it'll be here eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that PS4 remake when it comes out. And then yeah, it's just uh, one of those platformers that's just overlooked yeah. because of it got drowned out by the likes of Spyro and Crash and all that understand um i'm gonna go ps4 um because mine's basically going to be movies but i got a couple games in here that don't get talked about enough um but no i'm gonna go ps4 for this one y'all might not think it's underrated i certainly think it's very very underrated and i'm gonna go with rom 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 is one of those games it's you know it's an adventure puzzle game um it really deals with a lot of different issues personal you know emotional issues and you just go through five different levels um just solving your way through them some of the puzzles yeah they're like kind of difficult and that's great i like that but it's not too difficult where you can't solve it um but at the heart of it it's it's got a good solid story um it's a it's a fun little just little puzzle game you know it goes along the same lines as you know the witness journey um stuff like that but it, it's a fun, fun little game that you can just get through pretty easy, and um, you get kind of connected to it. I, I, I certainly did. Yeah. And I'm a guy I started that, it, but I never. I mean, really I played a lot of it. I played through it twice. I mean, once because I was just playing it to go through, and then I missed. I was like, I missed a trophy that I could have got, so I went back through and had to play it again and get that second one or second playthrough. But still playing it through twice, you know, yeah, it was still fun, and it was a. Uh, pretty simple game i mean nothing too complicated about it but i'm kind of that guy that kind of likes little puzzle games like that yeah i do too i just wasn't in the right mindset when i started it yeah but it's definitely got a good story to it and uh i think it's very underappreciated on the ps4 for sure so okay all right y'all ready for this dragon ball evolution no i'm i'm sorry i'm joking uh better say get the fuck out of the room right now (laughs) No, I, I I'd like to throw out the nice guys. Like I feel like that one didn't get enough recognition as being a hilarious freaking comedy. Oh, absolutely, it's fantastic. Yeah, like, I like it a lot. Like Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe together, and then directed by Shane Black. Yeah, I, I was laughing my ass off that entire oh. movie. I watched it like three times. Yeah, it's so good. Like, and and for sh- you all don't know about Shane Black. He was originally in the first Predator. 
directed a lot of different movies, um, wrote a lot of different and directed different movies too, but he's, you know, a guy that's been in the industry for a long time. Um, even directed Iron Man 3. So. And, and it's a period film, right? It's like yeah, a it's 70s. Set in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I wasn't, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I went in with no expectations, no. and I really enjoyed it. it. I'm just, I'm just glad it was absolutely hilarious. And seeing Russell Crowe in that type of film too, which you normally don't see him in, and same thing with Ryan Gosling. You don't see him in those types of roles. Yeah, his stuff is usually more serious stuff. But comedies are just really hard to critique for a lot of people. Yeah, it just and, depends on what your level of humor is. Yeah. Like, like, you got a Will Ferrell movie, one guy on your left might be cracking the hell up, and the guy on your right might be pissed off. Or just find it not funny at all. Yeah. yeah. But it just depends on your sense of humor. Like me, I have a dark sense of humor. Like, I love dark jokes. If you can get me a really good dark humor joke, I will crack up. But that's really where I... So my comedy spectrum is pretty pretty broad, and a lot of jokes can get there. So, but... Uh, Nick, you yeah. Uh, yeah, let's see. What do I want to do next? Uh, Saboteur for PS3, Xbox 360. That was a good one. Uh, took place in, I can't really remember. Uh, it was like it France. Was Germany. Well, yeah, it was yeah, Germany because you were like going after the Nazi party and all that. But a uh, really cool game. It's kind of Ubisoft style, like take over an area. It may have been France. I, I don't remember. It was uh, yeah, German occupied. Somewhere. Yeah, I can't really remember. I think it might have been France, but I could be wrong. Uh, it's it was very good. I played pretty much through the whole thing. I think, um, but it was really cool. Like the way. Like I said, kind of like a Ubisoft game where you have these areas that you have to liberate. And the game is in complete black and white. And then when you liberate an area, that area gains color back. And it is just a real neat idea and actually pretty fun gameplay. So, And I don't think enough people really talk about it. And I think the studio is shut down now or mm-hmm. working for someone else or something like that. But, yeah, it was a really good game. Right. Um, I'm going to go move you out. Um, this is definitely one that I feel like is, I feel like we, I think we've all three seen it. I'm not for sure if we have or not. Um, but I'm going to go with, not the dog. Um, Sorry, that was my puppy. Nice mumble there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) take the cigarette out of your mouth next time. Um, stars Christian Bale from, I think it's 1999 or 2000. I'm going to go with American Psycho. Um, it's, you know, based off a book. That I've heard is super good. I've not read the book at all, uh, but Christian Bale—it's one of his finer acting performances. Um, basically, plays Patrick Bateman, a guy who's—you know—you don't know what's going on the entire time. You feel like you're in one reality, and certain things he does, or he's like a sociopath. Yeah, um, murders people, you know, for just crazy different reasons. Um, it's just a very fun and interesting movie. It's really creepy as hell. There's a lot of, a lot of just different gory scenes. Even you get a you get a appearance from Jared Leto back in his early days of acting before he started Thirty Seconds to Mars, um, and it's just got a lot of good lines, um, and it's decent, decent music too. Just just so you know, a lot of Phil Collins in there too. I've only watched like half of it. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie, and by the end of the film, you really don't know what has been going on, whether it was a fantasy inside Patrick's head 
or if it's stuff that really played out, you just don't know by the end of the film and you're left guessing. But a lot of people think it's stuff that was just in his head that he wanted to do, but he never really got, you know, it's just in his mind of what he wanted to do. But no, I think it's a good little film that everybody needs to go and watch. Definitely. I think it's still on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, but it's like an hour and 40 minutes long. Definitely give it give it a check out. Even got a little part by, in, from a Reese Witherspoon in it as well. So, uh, yeah, just have a good fun time. And just make sure you listen to Phil Collins. Anyway, Mojo. Pajama Sam. What the fuck was Pajama Sam? I'm confused. Exactly. Y'all never played Pajama Sam. No. Okay, this was an old computer uh, point-and-click adventure game. Like Freddy the Fish? Yes. Oh, God. God. Very much like Freddy the Fish. Son of a bitch. They were often seen on the same shelf. (laughs) I I, I mean, I would assume so. Is it right next to Diablo 2? I I played these games when I was like five six years old and i had a blast with them like <laughs> you just see you just see freddy the fish pajama sam diablo i'm just Doom. saying i'm not seeing these world of work very simple uh easy to learn uh educational games come out anymore like do we no have shit. anything like that anymore yeah Pornhub. <laughs> Totally can't. I have no idea. I mean, you can totally like learn computer script in Minecraft. So pretty much, yeah. I mean, if you want to know, if you want to know commands, yeah, that's where you can learn it for sure. But yeah, I get what you're saying though. But no, there's probably not any educational games out there. It's probably all mobile apps now. Yeah, I'd like to see more games like that come forward. Like, if I end up having a kid, I'd like to be able to. You, God you help us video all. Games you just want to learn how to read, Mojo. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love to know how to read. Dust off the old Windows, like, box box computer. <laughs> has Windows 95 downloaded to it. Like, if they could make a video game like that that you could learn a language from, yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, hooked on phonics or some shit? Yeah, I mean, but, like, you have to, like... Correct, complete a sentence in order to continue or Mojo, something like that. I'm going to buy that for your birthday. I'm going to buy you like Rosetta Stone or something. <laughs> or Hooked on Phonics for sure. Or no, I'm going to let you watch a Schoolhouse, Schoolhouse or Ox. What was that app we downloaded for a little while? Duolingo or something like that. Yeah. But no, you learn more off of like Trivia Pop or whatever that shit is or that's where brain you, pop brain no not trivia no it's a game it's like a game oh. that you play on your phone it's like a big thing yeah it's like trivia pop where you get like six different categories or whatever i can't remember what it's called but it was you know that's where you learn your history at now yeah but no there's no point and click education games out there anymore not like there used to be anyway i mean like i don't know if you ever remembered in like computer lab sitting there watching uh, one of our teachers or something when we were real young play, click through a I mean I watched the teachers adventure. but yeah I, I'm just saying yeah, it was didn't learn weird. nothing didn't learn a damn thing it was kind of weird how they kind of took control of it and asked the class okay where do we go now you mean like watching Dora <laughs> yeah basically listen when I told that bitch to go left she went right I was pissed that's just twitch streams nowadays <laughs> pretty much Let's, let's go play some Oregon Trail real quick. <laughs> I'm for it. I missed out on that. We didn't ever have Oregon Trail when I was in school. Really? Yeah, we never got to play it. Oh, I we love, had it all the way through. I, I love Dying of Dysentery. It was great. 
It was awesome just killing my whole family because I had rotten fish to eat or they froze to death with pneumonia or we drowned the damn wagon in the river. Killed a lot of horses. Oregon Trail, the first roguelike. Pretty much, yeah. Life simulator. Um, anyway, Nick. Mirror's Nick. Edge Catalyst. That game got shit all over, and it is just as good as the first one. The open world is a little, meh, we didn't need it, but it's still really good, and it has the same gameplay elements that made the first one so good. Uh, story didn't really matter in the first one anyway. I mean, it had a decent story, but I think the second one even kind of retconned it and just, like, redid it or whatever. But Or it might have been a prequel. I can't even remember. But it people talk about how bad it is, and it is just as good as the first one. I mean, gameplay-wise and everything. Uh, I, I love that game, and we're never going to get a third one, but I would love to get one. Yeah. But See, I, I've never played them, so. Yeah. They're really fun. They looked fun from what I've seen you play of them and what I've seen gameplay-wise. They looked fun, but just not something I wasn't, you know, interested in. But you never know. I could get around to it sometime. I mean, yeah, it, the whole craze of open world games kind of it kind of got pushed into being an open world, which it didn't need to be. But it still had the charm of the first one and the same good gameplay. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on, I'm going to take another movie. Uh, this comes from my favorite director. Um, and it's crazy to think this film is underrated and doesn't get talked about enough. But this is Quentin Tarantino's 1997 masterpiece, Jackie Brown. It is one of his that people don't really talk about. And it much. is such a good movie. It's it's a, one of those black black exploitation black exploitation black exploitation films. There we go. See, I can't listen. That's a big fucking word for me. Okay, <laughs> it's not. Listen, I don't. It's Need not, Rosetta Stone. No, listen. I don't. At least I can spell the. Okay. <laughs> Or, you know, through or something. I don't know. But it's one of those types of films. Uh, it's got a great all-star cast. You know, Robert De Niro, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Robert Forrester, Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, all these just different name-brand actors at the time. Um, really interesting story. Um, has a twist. Has kind of a twist there towards the end, you know kind of misdirects you completely and that's what Quentin Tarantino does a lot in his movies he shows you one thing but then he shows you how you got to that point yeah um he does that with Reservoir Dogs I know um trying to think he pretty he does it with The Hateful Eight too yeah um how you get to a certain point in the movie where you start at or whatever it is but no it's it's a fantastic movie that I think everyone should enjoy watching um it's definitely up there for me, you know. I always, I talk. I don't talk. I don't even talk much about it. But I love Jackie Brown. Yeah, um, that that is the one of his films. Like when people talk about Quentin Tarantino, they ne- they hardly ever bring that one up. Yeah, like and it's, it's always I've you know, Pulp Fiction, Hateful Eight, and all this. But see, very rarely is Jackie Brown the one that gets pulled up. Yeah. See, if I go and I, of course you got to rank everything. I feel like um, it's probably number four for me. Honestly, nice. Like. It's right behind. Um, I, I should not be fifth. I thought now I thought of another one, um, but no, it's definitely Pulp Fiction, um, Django, then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, and Glorious Bastards, and then Jackie Brown. Like, and I love Kill Bill, and I love Reservoir Dogs. Um, not a big fan of The Hateful Eight, 
But I, mean, I still I like it, but I'm not like I thought it was way too long. That's my problem with it. Um, I love Tarantino, but I thought that that film had such a pace where it just felt really fucking long. But but Netflix broke it down for you into like an eight part miniseries, so you can watch it that way or four part miniseries or whatever, uh, which they should have done for the Irishman too. But that's kind of not the point I'm trying to make right now. But yeah, no, Jackie Brown, definitely go give it a watch. It's a very fantastic. I film. may do that. So. All right, next up, this is the one that, like my big one. I've been waiting on it. Yeah. Uh, Infinite Undiscovery. Terrible fucking name. <laughs> it really is. It's a terrible name for a game. Like, that sounds like something, I'd, like a Star Trek subtitle. Like, for real, what is Undiscovery? Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, I've heard of Undiscovered, but not Undiscovery. Yeah, I, the name, it's, it's a Japanese RPG. You yeah. just got to, like... These are the same people that made Star Ocean. Yeah. Like, this was the game that they had before they started really diving into Star Ocean. I don't know if there's a Star Star Ocean game before this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, that was was their oldest uh, IP. But this was just one of their side projects, and I loved it. It was uh, Action RPG, and it, it had the, like, a very Kingdom Hearts style gameplay to it. Uh, you had multiple party members. This is the first time I experienced, like, in-depth how big a party system could be. And, uh, like, you had, like, support class party members. You had, like, four or five of them, uh, damage and tank, you know, heroes. And one of them was a dog. And (laughs) I don't know. I just, I I love this game. Like, the story was very interesting. And it had some pretty deep plot twists. Uh, a lot of people might call them plot holes, but I think they're plot twists. <laughs> uh, There's I a difference. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Very big difference. Just just FYI. Oh, I know. So. But I, I love the game. I want to see it come back. I wish more people had played it and could have seen what a great game it was. But I feel like it just got shifted to the side so hard. That that's my only thing. I just I, I love that game. Understand, understand. All right, Nick. Uh, my last two are movies. Um, okay. I picked Dewey Cox. Okay. Because it really is kind of underrated. Like it, critics it, gave it like sixes, and audience score is not too much better. And I don't understand how. I think yeah. the movie is fucking perfect. It's a film that doesn't get talked about enough. Like, it really all. doesn't. It is like I like I was telling. Uh, Jonah yesterday it is legit my favorite comedy movie ever like I love Austin Powers uh, like all of them and I love all that other stuff but Dewey Cox I think is a flawless movie like a comedy movie and every single joke it has I feel like lands perfectly yeah that that's definitely for sure it's especially if you really enjoy Walk the Line yeah, yeah. It's, well, I mean, I've never even watched Walk the Line. Well, I'm just saying, if you watch Walk the Line yeah. too, and then watch this, it's like it makes it even funnier. Yeah, even though it's a parody, like John C. Riley has always seemed like a very funny backup guy yeah. until yeah. this film. And then you see him in this. Yeah, and this, this is the first time he carried it by himself. Yeah. He was always like, "Oh, that's Will Smith's friend." Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah. What am I doing? Way very, very <laughs> different people for a lot of reasons. But yeah, it. I, I think it's flawless which, in the comedy genre. Which, 
Um, I know you all don't know this a lot, but you know John C. Riley, outside of comedy, he's a really, really good actor oh, yeah. too. Like he's got he's got Oscar nominations yeah. to his name, and even in 2002 was his biggest year because out of the five nominated films, he was in three of them. Yeah, for Best Picture, he was in three of the nominated films. Oh wow! Like he was in Gangs of New York, he was in Chicago, which won Best Picture, which he won Best, which won Best Picture. So he's in that, and then I believe he was in Master and Commander: The Far Side of the World too. Which is really another underrated movie, which um, I've only seen once, but it was really enjoyable. It's it's like a piratey movie with starring Russell Crowe. We need to do another this for that episode where we do something for in order for Nick to watch Gangs of New York. Uh, we'll figure it out, but it, it's no that movie's so good too. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll get to that podcast later. Um, definitely, you know we got to record the second episode. Yeah, we, we, we got to get through that. Yeah, we do, and plus we got to watch Return of the King too. So. Have you watched Two Towers? Yeah, yeah we watched it like a month ago. Oh yeah. wow, yeah, we've just not got around to reading Saga. Yeah, nice. just been doing other stuff. You know, Last of Us too. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that other stuff. But um, no, I want to go with another movie because uh, you know that's me. I'm I'm more of a movie guy out of all three of these um, cats. But I want to go with it. Critic-wise, it's not underrated. It's got 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, which really doesn't mean much because, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is a bunch of bullshit. Um, and met, and 90, out of, 90 out of 100 on Metacritic. So, um, But I'm going to go with Winner's Bone. I love that fucking movie. Um, for those of you who don't know, it stars Jennifer Lawrence and basically her breakout role. Um, it dives into so many different issues. Um, she's a girl that's, you know, trying to provide for her family in the Ozarks, Missouri um, if you watch the TV show Ozarks, you kind of sort it's kind of like that in a way, in sort of that sense, but more talks about the more poverty stricken side of that area. Um, she's on the hunt for her father who's gone missing, who's got ended up in the wrong side of a drug deal. Um, she, you know, gets in with one of his friends, I believe. If it's not, it might be her, um, it might be her uncle, um, who's played by the great John Hawks. Um, but no, this film, it got, it was nominated for Best Picture. Jennifer Lawrence got her first Oscar nomination for it. Um, it's just a really fantastic film. It's dark. Um, the ending is dark as well. Um, I find it I find it crazy that it was actually nominated because all I ever hear from anyone is that movie is terrible. No. That's all I ever hear from really? like, people on the internet is how Winter's Bone is terrible. Oh, and man. I'm like, I don't understand how because I fucking love that oh, movie. Oh, dude, it is so good. I, I've watched it like two or three times. And it, it's a film that's really hard to get through at points. Yeah, it, it's... Because it's really depressing. It, yeah. the, the sort of the lighting and texture and... Um, filters that they use, you know, it's really dark and gloomy yeah. throughout. Um, and it's, it's you know, really just a really depressing film, but it really just shows how good of an actress Jennifer Lawrence is when she wants to be, when she chooses the right roles, when she's not phoning it in, like, say, I don't know, Dark Phoenix. Hunger um, Games. Uh, last Hunger Games movie, for sure. Uh, I thought she did all right in the first two. Um, and then you know she was good in Silver Linings Playbook. I get I get that it was like a very somber setting. I've read the books through a few times, but I, I just I I didn't care enough about her character majority yeah. of the time throughout the movies. Uh, I'm not, I'm I mean I mean I mean I watched them, but I'm not you know like. But in the end, mm. I think that's just the difference between an internal monologue and yeah. having to guess what a character's thinking. But no, this film it is literally her. her her breakout role. I mean, she's had other films and yeah. did other things before this, but this is really what showed how good she is. 
Um, although she's a Louisville fan, she's still a Kentucky girl. Um, love her to death. Um, but, no, this is a film you should definitely check out. If you're a Jennifer Lawrence fan and you have not watched this film, you were doing her a disservice by not watching it. So definitely go check that film out for sure. Mojo, you got anything else? Uh, let's see, what was it? I did, but I just completely forgot about it, talking about that. All righty then. <laughs> Expected out of Mojo. I got one more if you want to let him think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my last one, once again, another comedy movie, MacGruber. You know, that film has grown on me. That movie is so fucking hilarious. When I first watched it, I thought it was awful. Will Forte is not appreciated enough as a, co- a comedian. No. And, I mean, to have this movie spun off of a SNL skit, I mean, it it's so good. It's one of the few that, you know, has kind of succeeded, you know. I mean, you had uh, Wayne's World. Yeah. And then you had Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a cult hit, you know. Yeah. Hit or miss. And then there was another one, too. I can't remember what, but it had, like, Molly Shannon in it or something like that. I can't or Superstar. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. I, I wasn't a fan of yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I think MacGruber is fucking hilarious oh yeah I forgot about Conan's too uh, yeah yeah, yeah. But, but no MacGruber no it's fantastic I mean my, you can't beat the scene where he's like hold on I'll make a distraction and he strips down butt ass naked and just shoves a piece of celery between his butt cheeks and just starts waddling in front of this highly fucking guarded place <laughs> to distract the guards and they're like what the hell and then his his buddies just like get in there and knock him out like yeah. it's, it. I think Will Forte is fucking hilarious mm-hmm. and it he doesn't get enough love, I feel like, at least. He doesn't. He's one of the more, of that sort of the 2000, late 2000s era before the 2010s, um, that era of SNL actors that yeah. were on there, you know, with Bill Hader, Fred yeah. Armisen, Kristen Wiig, um, towards the end of Will Ferrell's career on SNL, um, uh, Jason Sudeikis, stuff Actors like that, my my Rudolph, um, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, uh, Seth Meyers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting into that. That was like a really good yeah. group of like actors that came out of SNL, and you know he's definitely the one that's forgotten the most out of all of them. And, and while we're on the topic of Will Forte, it is a travesty that Last Man on Earth was canceled because that was by far one of the best shows i mean it's sort of like a prequel to what we're in now i mean (laughs) i mean it did say that tom hanks was the first person to get the virus yeah there we go (laughs) first celebrity or whatever and i think that i think that's pretty much true (laughs) he was one of the first big ones yeah so um yeah last man on earth is uh coming true for sure uh do you think yeah okay Uh, this boy. this was a Netflix film. I don't know if either of you watched it, but me and Glenn sat down and watched it one day and freaking loved it. It was What Happened to Monday. Never heard of it. Okay, this has Willem Dafoe in it. Okay. All right? He's like a dad, and he has these five identical daughters that his... Uh, his daughter had. He's so like he's not like third, a dad. He is yeah, a dad. <laughs> his, he's the grandfather. Okay, that's what it was. I his love, daughter was pregnant with like quintuplets or whatever. I love your explanation. I'm glad you got quintuplets. I'm glad you thought of quintuplets too. Yeah. So I'm glad you figured out what, that's what five is. So, I'm sorry. Go on. Anyway, Overwatch has taught him <laughs> quintuple kill. Anyway, there's like this. Uh, 
thing where you can't have kids anymore, population control, whatever going on. And his daughters, uh, or granddaughter, granddaughters were granddaughter. born. Granddaughter. <laughs> granddaughters were born right Boy, after Steve. this mandate. And he's trying to keep them all, they're all identical twins. So he's trying to, like, send one out a day to live their life. And it just happened, goes through that for, like, 20-something years. And it, it's freaking amazing. Like, I love well, that film. Kind of interesting concept. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone really talks about that film. I've never heard anyone discuss it, but I thought it was freaking phenomenal. No, I fell under the radar for me, but... They're not identical twins. They're identical quintuplets. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Getting caught up in the specifics over so, here. I'm always about the specifics. All right. Um, I got a couple more. I got one more game and one more movie. Um, this game, Nick knows I absolutely love. I want a remaster so bad. It's Legend of Dragoon. Um that game is everything that I want in a JRPG. Um, it's like Final Fantasy um, in that aspect. Um, the fighting, you know, sort of the turn-based stuff and like that. But it's just a fantastic game that gets highly overlooked. Um, mainly because it came at the sort of the end of the first PlayStation's hype around when the PS2 was getting released. Um so it really got kind of pushed to the side, but it's a game that you know gets talked about as a, like people want a remaster of it so bad, um, or a sequel or something along those lines. And it's it's just overall a fantastic story. It's got good comedy in it too. Um, you know the dialogue. You know, of course you know have, you have no actual dialogue. You, you know you see the text boxes or whatever, but the the comedy in those text boxes are it's fantastic, uh, and the story just gets you hooked in from the very start. Um, and just the you know these dragoon powers that you can get uh, to sort of help your character out, um, just to change the game a little bit, sort of like your special powers in uh, Final Fantasy. So, um, you all got anything else? No, uh, I'm out. I, I'm out okay. as far as that topic goes. Okay, uh, I got one more real quick. Um, it's a movie that's near and dear to my heart that I watched a lot as a kid, um, and I could never remember the name of it for the longest time, and then I found it one day watching TV and I'm like that's it it is a movie that do, does not get talked about enough as one of the best sci-fi films of all time and this film is known as Inner Space Never heard um, of it. the film stars Martin Short uh, Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan basically it's about this uh, fighter pilot um, played by Dennis Quaid um, and he basically gets brought in by this lab to be miniaturized and to go inside to man a craft to go inside of a rabbit and sort of study a rabbit from the inside you know like see it's you know different how how the organs work um and just sort of see what it looks like on the inside when the rabbit's going on one thing leads to another he gets stuck in the syringe and then he ends up getting injected into martin short so he gets injected so he thinks he's in a rabbit but the whole time, but then he realizes he's in Martin Short. Um, it, it's it's re, it's funny as hell, and Martin Short's comedic timing is perfect throughout. And basically, it's this: you have this other lab, rival lab company that's trying to steal the technology for themselves. You have a battle that's in that's in Martin Short's stomach that's really funny. 
Um, it's it's an absolutely fantastic film that you all should definitely check out. It won uh, the Oscar in 1987 for Best Visual Effects, um, and I, you can see why. Definitely, uh, movie came out in 1987, so at the time those were pretty darn good special effects. Um, it's directed by Joe Dante. Um, if you don't know who that is, um, ga- uh, movies you know like Gremlins or you know Small Soldiers, those are his movies. Um, so that's sort of his type of work. Um, but no, Inner Space is definitely a film you should all check out. It's absolutely hilarious, and it it gives you like it shows you what the human body looks like on the inside. Um, it's kind of it's a little sick, sickening, <laughs> but you know. Uh, it's it's kind of funny how everything kind of reacts to certain little things. Oh, I saw that on the Magic School bus. Okay, right. <laughs> no, this is more realistic for sure. But, like, there's certain things that he does. Um, like, Dennis Quaid's character in his craft or whatever, like, drills a, like, a little hole in <laughs> Martin Short's lung. And he, can't, like, starts having an asthma attack because he can't breathe because the whole the lung has, like, a hole in it. And he can't breathe. Because it's going out there, and then he has to quickly repair it and all that stuff. But no, it's a, it's a fun little movie that uh, definitely everyone should check out. You made me sure. think of one. What? <clears throat> uh, hands down, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Oh no! Also known as Annabelle's Wish. <laughs> Shit! I love this movie. Okay. <laughs> right. It was just an old animated uh, Christmas movie from I don't know who made it or whatever from like uh the early 2000s i believe and it's it's whole premise is animals like barnyard animals can talk and like if they talk to a human they lose the ability to speak and but i vaguely remember that yeah actually. yeah and uh like she in she gives up her ability to speak in order to save like the boy that lives there or whatever and I don't remember it all. It's been a long time, but I remember it being one of my favorite Disney movies. Or not Disney movies, uh, Christmas movies. I don't know who, exactly who made it. Okay. All right. No, um, I'm going to champion Space for the rest of my life. It's fantastic. But all right, that's our list. Those are some just different games and movies, you know, that we feel like are underappreciated that you all definitely need to check out. Um Give them a watch, give them a try, whatever you want to do. Um, just some suggestions, broaden your perspective on everything. But that's really all we got for this week. You know, no games, no nothing like that. Um, there is one thing I'd like to ask before we end it. Oh, no. Uh, given what we know now, we talked about this in there a little bit while the Ubisoft show was going on. What do you guys think your first game that you load up on the PlayStation 5 is going to be? Yeah, that's a good topic, definitely. Probably Miles Morales. Probably Miles that's Morales, and, or depends, you know, I may want to boot up Cyberpunk at that point. I mean, we don't have the full list at this point, obviously, but yeah. we can assume and we can hope for what is going to be launched. <clears throat> oh, um, no, I've changed my mind. Um, Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2. <laughs> in a perfect world, and the game you want comes out, or... Nickelodeon okay. Kart Races yeah. 2. Like, for sure, that's the first game I'm moving <laughs> Perfect over. World, Overwatch 2 comes out. Be nice. One. Yeah. It'd be nice. Doesn't, doesn't bl- yeah. Nin- yeah. Overwatch 2, Luna. Nintendogs on the PlayStation 5. <laughs> <laughs> Has Blizzard had theirs yet? Or had anything? No. 
Uh, BlizzCon is normally in November. Okay. So uh, we might see an announcement of something right before launch. I'd say Overwatch 2 is... That's probably next year, but... Probably summer. Around the same time the first Overwatch came out. Yeah. So. But, yep, nope, that's it for everything. Um, Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, We're on all the streaming platforms. Um, Whichever one you prefer, you can definitely find us on it. Um, We'll be back next week. Hopefully, you know... uh, I mean, we might be... We'll definitely have a Ghost of, uh, Ghost of Tsushima review up, hopefully, at that point. Um, but, anyway, that's that's all we got for today. Stay safe, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. And uh, definitely give us a follow on our Instagram page, uh, at the Cinegames Podcast. Give us a review on iTunes. Um, really appreciate that. Just shows our hard work's not going unnoticed. Um, and, yeah, just keep on listening and supporting us. And we appreciate it. See ya. Thanks. Bad.